and I can sing the praise of Quacker all I want. Salt Mine viewers know that I was the only one to put him on a, on an All Pro team. No, you're uh, not. I, 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 Wait. Oh, okay. Well, we, that's because we ended up. Was that was because we ended up switching one at the end of there? Did we both put him? 13? I, I think I had him thirteen. Okay. I'm okay. So entirely sure. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Salt Mine. We've been off for a couple of weeks, but we are back for our promotion tournament primer, and we are joined by a special guest from Salty Runback Pod, Speedy Grapes. Grapes, thanks so much for hopping on with us, my man. Hello. Yeah, it's great to be here. Last time I was on the show for promotion relegation, I didn't have the camera actually running. We, it was still the, the old setup from spring, so now... Everyone can see all of our faces, and, and we can talk about some, some League of Legends, which is always a good thing. Absolutely, yeah. Big big upgrades coming in to the Salt Mine for this last days. season, so <laughs> happy to share that one with you here. I got Slayer and TDS with me as well, as we are fresh off. It feels like it's been a long time since we've recorded an episode. Uh, <laughs> it's been LCS Finals. Uh, I consider that a big victory for amateur here, as uh, oh, yeah. amateur amateur veterans uh, both myra davis and dokla both from that wild card tree uh scoring their first lcs championships apiece so big win for everyone down here at the nacl level and below there congratulations to them and yeah people forget dokla was playing in the nacl q equivalent the pgqs uh just like two years ago so i mean the jumps there uh -huh. fantastic right that was a while back. It's kind of, it feels like it was so long ago, but just two years ago, they were just about this level. Then they jump all this level and then they win the LCS. Dogla meditating or actually doing squats on stage. Uh, everything just works out perfect for them. <laughs> that was such a great video, by the way. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. I, hey, no, you go ahead, Graves. Oh, no, you're, I'm you're, just you're... saying, even if we go back to like, what was it, 20, 2021 spring when they had that, that Sola Fide roster? Apollo was Ooh. also on stage with the with the NRG oh, boys yeah, winning. He, yeah. he played with Dokla as well. Like, yeah, Big, big win for NA talent. It was cool to see Dokla, somebody that I casted, win the LCS. So, right. um, as well as, I'm sure, a lot of you guys as well. Yeah, no, I think I have a Dokla cast in there somewhere. I gotta, I gotta have, I gotta look it up now to give myself <laughs> the props, but definitely. I definitely don't. Yeah, I'm like, too young slayer I, yeah yeah me guys i'm just too young here you know to, to have a dokla game under my belt no i all i was gonna say is you know i think i said this prior before we got on the recording if if dokla's story first of all if you don't know it in your round amateur in nacl stuff you should get acquainted with it and secondly if that doesn't inspire you that na can can do stuff like this i uh i really don't know what else we can tell you here <laughs> yeah definitely well, well we're centering on the promotion tournament for this episode. So we're going to just break down the six teams we have competing here, give a little primer on those. I know a lot of the audience here focuses a little bit more on NACL, maybe a little bit less on the qualifiers. I know Grapes has been cast in those qualifiers the whole season long, as well as our boy Nyarko, and now going to be uh, able to highlight those teams a little bit more here with us. We've been staying tuned as well of course and uh yeah for anyone just tuning in just trying to learn a little bit about the promotion tournament this is the place to be so let's get started and just talk about some of the teams we have coming down from the nacl itself first 
Supernova and Team Fish Taco. I guess we can go from highest seed to lowest. Highest seed coming in is going to be Team Fish Taco coming in ninth place in the NACL. So, how do we really feel about this team? I do believe that Lunasia will be starting. We do not have an exact confirmation yet, but uh, it's been a long time since the situation uh, that he was dealing with towards the end of the season, and now it looks like they are going to be running their full intended roster. Yep. Ideally, with their roster, I can see them trying to force a bit more on the issue or depending on who they bring. Because I think that the the, the last-minute change... Technically, I think they played two weeks with Seoul, if I'm not wrong. They went with from week uh, five to six, they played with Seoul, if I'm not wrong. I think it was just one week. I think it was just six, It was right? just the last one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, think yeah, it was I, just I wasn't 100% sure. But yeah, they played the last week. Technically speaking, also, just checking quickly the schedule, it was also the hardest week. So even with Lunasia, I, I would argue it was going to be almost impossible for them to actually pull it off. Like, apart from the last game, which was against MU, which, okay, you, there's an argument there. They played against Fly, C, and TLC. I don't think they win any <laughs> oh, of those man. games. Even with Lunasia. So so scratching that one, I feel like even with their full roster, was going to be a really hard week and probably can uh, would have fallen down anyway. Now, looking into the tournament, depending on who they get, I can see them being a bit higher. But that lack of knowledge on who is going to play topside, it's kind of worrying looking into it because like we were saying, there's no announcement yet about the situation or any potential re uh, replacement. And if it's going to be Seoul, I think he has to step up way too much his game because even though it's not comparable to the top part of the top laners from the NACL, uh, from the NACL, I still think that there's good top laners coming into the NACL queue that can't put a bit of a matchup against Soul, and particularly this version of Soul. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Go ahead, Greg. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Soul will. I mean, Lunasia, sorry, will be playing for this tournament, okay. which is exciting because. Uh, the last week of NACL, when Lunasia was not playing, they did not win a single game. So Team Fish Taco definitely has like some bad taste in people's mouths, I'm sure. Although it has been a while since they've played. I think it's about a month. And I think uh, that is one of the more interesting things, actually, about this tournament, is that Supernova and Team Fish Taco haven't played a game in like a month. Because playoffs of NACL happened, then we had the break for NLCS Finals. So who really knows what this team looks like? And on paper... This still has like they still have a lot of very solid, um, you know, players that could make an impact. You know, Spawn had a bit of a rough showing in LCS, but looks pretty solid throughout the NACL regular season. And of course, Rose Thorn was doing Rose Thorn things in the jungle. If it's just about like the players and if they're able to kind of gel together and they were able to grow as five once again with this extra month of scrims, I could definitely see them making some some progress and make, doing some damage. However, I just don't know how much of that really is you know true how much practice they really have gotten together yeah that's that's definitely a fair point i also i'm realizing now i i've it's been so long i've mixed up my team so team fish taco is coming in as seed number two it is supernova actually finished ninth uh mm -hmm. so that will be oh, a streak yeah move them farther yep. down than i thought yeah i'm like looking yeah. at the wiki page no. right now supernova oh, won think, 11 games taco did they lose 10. a type they might have lost a tiebreaker like the last day on the last day of the regular season if i'm not no, mistaken i think supernova was closer because they got a game off in one of their previous matches like supernova yeah they uh, just won one more game there's 36 games score. a piece here yeah so wow 
So they they had if I remember if I don't remember wrong on the Saturday they were they won against the uh, DSG that put them closer to Maryville and Maryville lost the next two. Yeah. So Maryville needed to drop one game to Team Fish Tackle to force the tiebreaker against Supernova, but yeah. because they two owed Tackle, then that meant that there was no tiebreaker. Yeah, Supernova Got did it. split games game against eventual champions DSG. Well, that tells you all you need to know about Supernova. I mean, we don't even have to cover that team then. Yeah, but I mean, if I, I had... want to take the credit, I called it. I told you guys it was DSG all the way. True. Just there. That's also that's fair. I I just think it's gonna be interesting, kind of a Grapes point. Like you haven't practiced in a month. Also, like the the patch, like the, the patch wow. they're gonna be playing on is just like such a different. It's a, it's a different five world. Patches later, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean a new champion too. I mean like you could you you could see the fairy run through. I mean the fairy didn't run. I, I might be getting my timelines mixed up, but there's no there's no way the fairy was in NACL at all. No, uh, not at all. So so there's a whole new champion. I, I think. You know, a lot of the changes have kind of felt like they're going jungle's way. I know when we got on here at the primer, we a lot of us felt like Rose Thorn would kind of be the the player to watch if you if you were confident in Team Fish Taco. I'm still waiting, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, it's yeah, he you know he does Rose Thorn things, but I expected a bit more success, and I think him and Lunasia will kind of be the the two I'm going to watch to see if Team Fish Taco, especially because it seems like not to jump ahead of the bracket, they're likely going to pull Mirage. That's going to be a big nice. winners bracket matchup uh, to watch, and I just I feel like this is kind of like the top like top side of the map is going to be such a big thing to watch with not only Supernova and Team Fish Taco for reasons that we'll get into, but a lot of these squads coming up from qualifiers feel like like to play through top side. So if you're Lunasia and Rose Thorn. You're going you're gonna to be tested for sure. That's the bottom line. Yeah, for sure. Something I want to highlight about both of these teams coming down, uh, being relegated from NACL, is uh, like these are not the F teams that we saw in spring, right? It's not yeah. your CLGF, your FlyFam, your uh, your Team Liquid first, all, the, all those F teams. Uh, these teams were way more competitive than those guys, I would say. Um, you know, like even... Uh, like CLG won what like two or two games, one game. Uh, it might have been the whole time, and like, <laughs> and even like FlyFam and stuff who were looking better towards the end, they won like five games total. Like Supernova uh, or Team Fish Taco rather, coming in at tenth, won ten games, so they were winning easily twice as many games uh, as those lowest tier yeah. uh, demotion teams last time. So I think like they're coming in at a higher caliber, and that's just gonna inform me coming into this promotion tournament of like. I, it's, I'm not going to be quite as high on the amateur teams coming up uh, other than Mirage Alliance. So spoiler alert there. Uh, I just think <laughs> these teams like come in with a lot more firepower. I think especially the solo lanes um, coming out of both Team Fish Taco and Supernova are going to be real threats, especially top. Um, if, assuming it's going to be Lunasia, super talented player, was, was previously you know, one of those really high solo kill count guys in spring. Maybe he didn't quite retain that form in summer, but I still think is a big laning threat. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about Supernova in a second, but Quacker as well uh, is mm -hmm. the solo kill leader for the league, uh, despite coming in at a ninth place team. So I think he's a big threat towards uh, a role that I think is kind of a weakness among the upcoming teams. Oh, interesting. I actually think top lane is the most stacked role across all six of the six of the teams that we have because really i yeah was this something like that. that we talked yeah. about um 
last split as well, Gordo. We were, were were we hyping up the top laners of the promotion tournament? I think we were. I I'm I'm so hype on NA tops in general, like these days. Okay. Like I think there's you know there's there's a wave coming in, especially off the back <laughs> of Big Dokes taking his first title. True. Um, yeah, I mean, like, hey. and and Surdy's big pop off here. I mean, Fake God's been great. There's so many great top laners in North America, both provisionally and in NACL. Um, but I just feel like, it, like, out of the incredibly stacked Mirage roster, right? Like, I think Alorum comes up a little bit shorter than the other guys, um, both in yeah. pedigree and in performance. Um, I think Porsche has started to struggle towards the last couple of weeks. I, mean, I think dragoons goofy stuff may not be quite as effective against the guys like lunasi and quacker i also like just the fact that there's such strong points on the demotion teams that's the thing if you were coming in and you're playing against you know like your niles and your concept and those guys i think i would be a little bit more confident but i think it's specifically like it's a such a big strength for team fish taco and supernova yeah that that is fair i do Want to want to give some love for for our qualifier top lanes. We can get to those guys a little bit later. Um, one name from Taco before we move on to Supernova a little bit more um, that I want to highlight just a little bit is Onat in the mid lane because while I was hyping, well, I'm personally very supportive of the top laners in the in this pool of six. I think the mid lane pool is pretty wide open in terms of like who can really stick out and be that like that top you know player out of the six uh, six mids. And Onat has had some really, really solid moments, both when he promoted uh, with Supernova, actually, into yep. um, the NACL last split, and also um, even within this, um, you know, season itself in summer. So if, if Onat has a good performance, I think he probably solidifies himself for an NACL spot in the, the in 2024, as just especially considering the, the competition that he's going to be up against. That brings up an interesting point, too, is like, I think we'll get into this more with some of these later players, but a lot, a lot, a lot of some of these players are mostly on on the two squads that are relegating. Uh, it's kind of like a tryout in a way to like kind of get them maybe on an NACL roster later because I mean we're, I we'll talk about it later in the off season on here about what players we think are going to get promoted to LCS. We're going to get LCS spots. We already know players like Zazel had offers for LCS teams. I'm, I'm we've always assumed it was like an Immortals or a Dignitas, and he chose DSG over it. But I mean I would expect guys like Zazel to be getting bumped up to LCS now, especially with the new wave of NA talent back on the to hype back to Dokla as always. And so I think Onat will be one of those players where, yeah, like you said, Graves, it's like, this is why you should keep me in NACL. And I also really want to see if they somehow end up playing Supernova because, you know, Onat, Onat and Supernova is obviously a link as well. Yeah, I agree. I think like there's there's really a cusp there for NA mid laners that Onat is like on along with a lot of the provisional guys. Um, yeah, and if somebody can have a big standout performance here, I think it'll be uh, a real big boon to their career because I think a lot of teams are kind of looking for that mid laner who can contest the the upper echelons of NACL that I think really separated the top teams from from the mid and bottom tier teams. You know, having yourself a guy like a Shochi or an APA or a, or a Spyrax was a huge boon to your ability to perform, or Young, of course. But that and that's a particular thing that I also kind of want to look because I love the word tryout. I always bring it up like uh, trying to make the metaphor with football, obviously, with soccer, obviously, that there's no safety in any team that you go for. Like there's always there's almost always someone one year younger than you that will have the chance to come through because in football, if you're if you have a 16 years, if you're 16 years old, that's it. You, you can even 15, you can debut. 
So as long as there's one guy that will be coming below you, there's almost always going to be that chance. And those tryouts can be really defining for some of these players. And also adding to that, the particular part that I feel like we're going, I hope so, but I also think we're going to see a move from bear, uh, from multiple players from the NACL upwards. Not only in the mid lane pool, but obviously there's already the call for Masu to go up, which I think will happen. And then add on top of that, the contracts that are just going to be given up looking into next year. We know FlyQuest pretty much is going to boom because they had contracts, I think, until this year, if I'm not wrong, until the end of this year. Then you have Team Liquid that also has the same case with both Koreans, and they already have a jungler that can technically slay, uh, slide in and is Korean, so they can bring him up as well. And then add on top of that, the fact that I think that if the league is going to change some of the salaries, these players may look more interesting for some of these orgs. They, there may be the case that no change happens and we're still in A, and that is going to be an issue overall. But I feel like there may be a good upward swing for some of these players. And if that happens, there's even more of an opportunity for some of them to move upwards. Also, Koreans are, are also getting old, so they may need to go through <laughs> Korean social service. True. Uh, military service. Uh, we're doing the military service bit uh, we are, every we are week. Doing it. Well, Feels like every I've, week. I've I've raised plenty of conspiracies about this beforehand, but <laughs> to get back on track a little bit, let's let's go back and let's discuss Supernova a little bit as well. The other team coming on down from Demotions. I already highlighted Quacker. Uh, yeah, I think this guy's a monster. Uh, I think he's. After this split in NACL, I think he should really kind of have a spot in NACL on lock. It would be very surprised. Regardless of how this tournament goes, I think uh, a solid performance in this uh, this tryout, as we've been calling it, um, will will pretty easily lock him a, a spot somewhere in NACL next split, regardless of what happens. Um, and then I think the rest of this team has really needed him to show up to be able to get some of their wins in NACL throughout this season. But I already kind of highlighted, I think he, I think the matchups can look good for him uh, across some of the other teams he's going to have to face here. Um, Denethor maybe being a bit of an exception. I think Denethor has been really good, uh, especially this, this past split. Um, but I think other than that, he has pretty solid matchups into the rest of the field. Um, looking towards music, uh, he's he's an interesting wild card to me. I think he's he's been pretty hot and cold throughout the rest of the season, um, and I feel like I have a lot of question marks on a lot of the junglers here. It feels like whoever shows up on the day might be a big driver there. Um, and then the question is, what which version of the bot lane do we see as well? Because uh, Sketch and Trevor, I feel like have have been in a similar boat where it's like some games they're really able to hold their own against some of the best in the league, and and some games they are not able to do that supernova yes. oh sorry go, go ahead tds go ahead yeah i was just going to add with supernova because i i feel like the and i think i made this point before with them it feels like tl first coming into into the summer and the the thing that i made we made allusion with it is that it feels like it's such a team dependent on Quacker having those super high performances, kind of like Surdy did on TL first, for them to really be able to execute on a lot of what they want. Like Quacker is the defining point to me in this team, and if he if something fails around him, everything can kind of fall apart for the team. That's how I feel with Supernova in a lot of these situations, and it also makes me a bit scared looking forward because one thing that uh, that uh, we were talking about with the mid laners, and we're going to make more point, but that also translates to this patch. The patch is going to benefit, I think, four of the mid laners, 
and maybe affect Sword and Robibob in a way. Because I think that they are going to be the two weaker mid laners and also the ones that I don't think that I'm not sure if can be really aggressive with the buffs towards those assassins. We know Akali and Silas now got buffed. And those are going to be big champions coming into this play, into these promotions to me. And players that love this, Messages, Kachu, Sati, they really like to play these assassins. And Odin as well is able to be really aggressive with them. If you cannot play them and you stick with some of the older ones like Yari, which is not necessarily bad, but in these matchups may struggle more, then there is going to be some issues. And I'm kind of scared for the mid lane, particularly for Supernova and for uh, Winthrop. That it still leaves me some doubts here and there. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I'm very excited to see more Silas Akali, especially here in this tournament. I might get sick of it like once Worlds happens and it's just getting picked banned every <laughs> single game. Um, yeah. But with some of the new with some of the mid laners coming in yeah i team ambition maybe might look a little bit better uh, for this promotion tournament because of that but uh yeah back to supernova like this is definitely a team that has been so topside centric the entire split which tds goes to your point where like they're very much like tlf last summer last spring um yeah i mean it kind of is the quacker show and and again there there are some solid top laners here in this tournament so that is something that i do have my eyes on it is crazy though that Quacker kind of is at this point in his career. It's very, very, very cool story. You know, from kind of you know debating whether or not he really wanted to play league and was like in like I think on like a pre med track at college for like years, and then finally like this split making it onto the tier two roster and really, really capitalizing on it. Um, yeah, I, I'm very excited for for a player like him. Uh, and shout out music as well because um, he had I think a pretty underrated split despite being on like this last place team kind of coming out of nowhere was in europe for like how however knows whoever knows how long and now um yeah kind of forms this top side that yeah will make or break this team yeah to, to branch off that story not to cut you off your slayer but uh, uh on that point um yeah it, i think something that's kind of gone under discussed about quacker this split is this really is kind of his first split going yeah. all in full-time on league uh, you know, in his past performances in amateur, you know, he's been on some of the old wildcard rosters back in the day and stuff. Um, he was always balancing that with school. Uh, and I believe this is kind of the first split that he's really gone all in. Uh, first year he's really gone all in. I mean, he was a sub on wildcard, ironically enough, uh, in spring. And then came into uh, to play for AOE for that one promotion tournament. Played for CCG for a little bit. Uh, and then came in and found his spot on this Supernova team. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that that almost makes me like reclassify him as, as closer to a rookie than not, right? Even though he's been around the scene for so long, he hasn't been able to fully invest the way that he has this split. And now that he has, he's having, you know, he's the solo kill leader in the league. He's having some really solid laning performances. He's the focal point of what is a relatively weak team. He has kind of really like a Lyra-esque performance, you know, as the, the poster child for great player on it that can't quite carry their team. Um, so I'm really excited for what that means for his future in, in this scene, given that fact. So just wanna just wanna make a wild call because I want I, I was thinking about this and I wanna uh, just lay down here and if it happens I'm gonna look really smart but if not that's fine. I think if what I expect to see ends up happening, Quacker takes um, 
what's his name? Uh, Fake got spot in DSG if DSG stays in NEC. Oh, because I think I, I, if, if what I expect happens, I think he's going to take the uh, uh, Fake got spot. That's a cool now, call. Is That's that because Fake God's getting promoted to LCS? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, yeah. not because he goes. Yeah, it's because I think yeah. Fake God should go up. That, that's base. That's a base take right that's there. That's a base take. No, that's definitely something I've gotten behind, TDS, because I think I remember when we first started talking about Quacker like halfway through regular season, I was like, this guy's going to get – he's not going anywhere in the NACL. Like, yeah, sure, Supernova will be a relegation team, very likely by week four we were talking about that, maybe even earlier, but he's going to yeah. get a roster. I, I think the DSG is a good shout. You know, I want to say that, like – he could take a spot from someone like Bradley, but we also don't know what TL are even doing with the Challengers League, so I can't say, oh, he'll be the TL Challengers top laner because we don't know if TL Challengers will exist. He's definitely going to be on a team. He's going to be one of the you know, focal key points of a, of a whatever org wants to try it. They're going to go, all right, we're going to start with Quacker and maybe someone else, and then we're going to fill out the rest of the roster. He's going to be a guy that will be prioritized in a roster again. Uh, and I can sing the praise to Quacker all I want. Salt Mine viewers know that I was the only one to put him on, a, on an all-pro team. No, you're uh, not. I, 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 Wait. Oh, okay. Well, we, that's because we ended up. Was that was because we ended up switching one at the end of there? Did we both put him? 13? I, I think I had him 13. Okay. Okay. I'm so entirely sure. One of the halves, now, just to confirm it. I mean, <laughs> my voting had him there. Uh, but to go back to Supernova, I, I think Graves, you brought up a good point. Uh, I'm definitely worried about Robbie Bop. I, I think that a lot of the champions he was using in the mid lane towards the end of the split, he was playing a lot of those Tristana games, playing a lot of those Jace games. Two champions that are, are kind of starting to fall off with some of those assassins popping up. I feel like some of the mages are taking more of a jump, like those Azir's, those Syndra's. I don't know if I can trust Robbie Bob's jet pool against some of these more hungrier mid laners and the assassins. So it, it, Quacker is obviously the star. We could sing his praises all we want. But if Supernova are going to be successful in other lanes, I'm looking for Robbie Bob to, to show me something that I'm a little worried about. To in be defense honest. of my boy Robbie, he's a very solid Lissandra, and they did just buff that champ as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To enable okay. Situational champ, though I feel like there's a agreed, lot. There's agreed. a lot of great. You have to like set up drafts where you know you get music on some kind of carry and play around jungle pop and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, but it, it's doable. I can see the angle. Yeah, it's also easily it, yeah. counterable <laughs> into drafts. <laughs> yeah, he's got um Porsche, Alorum, and Dardoch in this tournament. So some some familiar faces from collegiate to to True, his boys is yeah. Uh, his his C-Lol, his C-Lol uh, alumni. I guess almost none of them have graduated. I don't know if a single one of them has graduated, so alumni no, might not be the right word. So, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> definitely some folks he's played with before. A lot of wild card faces in this tournament. A lot of... Um, what's the fuck? What, what's their college name? Uh, USD? Yes, thank you. Uh, faces in this tournament as well. So certainly will be uh, a big one there. Let's get into some of our promo teams, though. We've spent enough time on the NACL teams. Uh, I'll read off these rosters for anybody who may not uh, be familiar with the qualifier scene uh, as we go through them. Let's start off with the big boys. Mirage Alliance are coming in with a stacked roster of Alorum, Chad, Sudzy, Neo, and Dardock. Roll swapped over to support uh, LCS Faithful, who have not been keeping eyes on on where old uh old dardock has ended up he is playing support <laughs> alongside neo on this mirage alliance team and this team is built to qualify to say the least 
I remember I was in the airport going to LA for Seelol when I look at my phone and I see this roster get announced and I'm like, holy moly, <laughs> this team is going to run through amateur. I can't believe that Dardock, what, what is it? Like Dardock, Chad, and Neil are all on the same team playing together here. Um, yeah, crazy. Four of the five players have been on the LCS stage. Um, they swept through the entirety of qualifier number two, only dropping one game when they, you know, had some subs come in um, because the Lorem's internet went out. So, yeah, this team is about as advertised. They finally have like really looked like they're firing on all cylinders after a relatively inconsistent OQ one. They did lose to Team Ambition in, in a best of three in the semifinals, but uh, yeah, this team definitely is my favorite personally to get promoted out of all six of these teams uh and i would be very surprised if that does not happen to them it's such a strong but, team honestly yeah oh sorry player no no you go tds yeah i was just gonna say like it's not only such a strong team but apart from being a consistently good roster that has tons of experience behind it because obviously four lcs play ex lcs players trying to make it back to the NECO. They also have been playing consistently, staying up there in the ranks, going against multiple teams. So it's not like they've lost any of their edge. At the very least, to try and be up there, they haven't lost their edge. They're also current ACL champions, so great performance in there. And importantly, they I feel like there is such a team that has really good variety in what they can apply to their playstyle. The, the main weakness that I was always kind of looking into it is Will Dardock accommodate to the support role? And I think that one of the biggest things that has happened is that they were they were pushing the game into the direction where Dardock can actually play the support pretty well. Because when it was Enchanters, I was more doubtful. But now that engages engage supports are more prevalent, I see him shine even more. Because now he can just make the calls himself and make the, the fights happen. And I think that that's where Dardock shine. So inherently, when that playstyle got pushed even more, I think that that elevated the level from the side of Mirage Alliance. I think one of the, th the biggest things that I remember from the series against TA, even though it was really close and could have gone either side, realistically, I thought they were going to lose 2-0. Well, I, I mean, TA was going to lose 2-0 to Mirage Alliance. So the fact that they won is still amazing. But one of the biggest things is that I felt it felt like with more time and more opportunity for Dardock to make the calls happen himself, the roster was going to be great. And that ended up happening going into summer and getting more time together and getting more aggressive as a team as well. And looking into the promotion, I think they're going to do great because I have a lot of doubts to how some of the rosters are going to respond to them. And I think uh, if I call it, I would say they are going to sweep towards yeah. uh, the promotion. It's how I feel it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, don't like I echo so much of how strong of a team this is. Uh, especially, I think Dardock has adapted excellently to the support role. Um, and it, I'm kind of at the curve. point now. What is that? <laughs> it was definitely yeah, a learning a... curve, but he got there. He yeah, got there. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at the point now in League of Legends where if like a talented player swaps to support, I kind of just give him the benefit of the doubt now. Like, yeah, I feel like there's sure. way more success. Everybody always talks about how hard it is to roll swap, but I feel like especially going to support, there are way more success stories than there are failure stories in League of Legends of players established in other roles, roll swapping to support, you know. Who he Aphromu, Core JJ, yeah, name name anybody in the world. Sven, uh, <laughs> you know, there's so many examples, uh, 
and every time you swap to support, it feels like it just cannot go wrong. Uh, even Buzio used to be a mid laner back in the day, um, yeah. and now is you know has become a top support prospect. Prismal did it too. I can just keep naming names, but I'm going to stop there. Uh, I, I think it's just there's so many folks who've done it successfully, and I think Dardock now gets to join that list. I I think like him and Neo um, are the most stacked bot lane in this tournament. I would say I think they're better than yeah. the NACL bot lanes for sure. Um, I think they could even be you know contending to be some of the more solid bot lanes in the NACL itself. Uh, if uh, I think all of us are going to say when they get there. Um, yeah, I mean this is this is like almost an LCS bot lane, right? I mean like Neo <laughs> was on that on that cusp of LCS for a long time and uh you know Dardock, he's doing a lot to try to push back against the narratives around him as a personality. Um but regardless of that, I mean his his skill as a player has never been in doubt. Even the last time he was in LCS as a jungler, he was uh he was fantastic. Um so yeah, I, I don't think there's any questions about his skill as a player and Neo's already already been on that cusp for a long time. I mean, this is practically an LCS bot lane in my mind. Yeah, that that was the point I was gonna I was gonna get uh, was gonna get out there is like Dardog certainly deserves his praise for the way that he's handled engaged supports and what TDS was talking about and the fact that he's doing so well and we can like kind of not pass over Neo but like he's not being talked about when he's just like the most you're thinking about like positional one v ones across the board. The, the 80 carry like neo versus whoever you put him up yep. against in this tournament that's the widest gap like in my mind there's there's no wider gap uh dardock has been great in support but neo versus any one of these 80 carries is about to match up to it it's not gonna be close at all so that really sets up their bottom lane for success i do want to the tip i want to say is you know we talk about all these supports role swaps that work out i think specifically in the case of zven and Dardock, yeah. the, the the aggressive way they played their other lanes. You know, like Sven, obviously he got caught sometimes, uh, you know, for TSM Sven, <laughs> certain positioning on AD carry, but certainly was a very aggressive AD carry player. He liked to be at the forefront. Dardock, very aggressive jungler, uh, no matter what you thought about him when he was jungling in the LCS. And you, on support, you can get away with being aggressive and like getting caught because it sometimes usually sets up your team to clean up the rest of the kills. You are expendable and able to die unless, unlike being an AD carry in a jungler. So that's kind of why I think Dardock playing these engaged champs has worked out really, really well. But yeah, I'm just, I'm, it's going to get ugly. I'm going to be honest when Neo <laughs> matches up against some of these other teams. Yeah. I, I, I'm not looking forward to how bad it might get. I, I like the point, the the parallel you brought up there, Slayer, with, with uh, Sven and Dardock, because they both swapped their support because they just prioritize winning over everything else. And, and maybe this is, I think this is a story that's been public before, but um, Dardock actually was originally on Mirage Alliance and then swap, decided to swap to support so they could get uh, Chad to play jungle for them because, you know, uh, Dardock coached Chad back on Immortals, uh, knew this guy was really good, uh, and was basically like yeah we will run the entire tournament chat if you're playing jungle i will play support so you know we could help the team the best possible i really like that mentality out of dardock especially you know given some of the history that that he's had as a player uh has really you know taken a big step uh in, in terms of being a leader for this team uh and, and yeah alongside chad who's been great alarm in the top lane also has been rock solid nobody's been able to break him uh this tournament has been that gatekeeper and has kept the gate very well uh, and Sudsy in the mid lane, who also promoted last split around. So, I mean, this is a very, very good roster. I mean, th that's that's basically all there is to say. 
Yeah. Do we please let's not remember that? I don't. Okay. I had my so, hopes up for that. So just so also, just so well, just so Norm doesn't get too comfortable, uh, yeah. to, to take like one kind of copium, uh, the the faintest shred of something to pull at here. If you want to poo poo Mirage Alliance a little bit, um, TDSI did just cast them in ACL finals uh, six days ago at time of recording, yeah. uh, where they were substantially challenged by return of the middle sticks uh yep. they dropped a game they had a couple of very close games it could have very easily gone to five games um they were not practicing prior to that they took a little bit of a break after oq2 that was not like a secret um so you know they've had time to scrim since then but this was six days ago and the promo yep. tournament starts in three days from time of recording four days whatever uh, something like days, that yeah. starts on monday it's thursday night yeah yeah uh so you know they're they got a little bit of uh of re-establishing themselves to do a little bit i think they looked a little shaky coming in out of practice last week um and i don't mean to take that away from the middle sticks boys either i think they prepped really well and played very well um especially dragowski fresh off his uh rookie oh, of the squad award from salty runback yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah so uh I yeah, just just a little thing to look at there as they looked a little out of form up against a 12th to 16th place team uh, from OQs uh, pretty recently. But I think obviously they're going to start really turning it up as they get towards promotion, given that was their goal all split along. I do want to quickly say, and this isn't me trying to plug Aegis uh, in the ACL, but, uh, you know, we were talking about the, these all these teams, the qualifier difference, especially with like Divas Taco and Supernova, they've played forever. They've played on the patch. You could say that the fact that Mirage was in the ACL playing kind of, well, they had to do subs sometimes, but they were playing on the patches as they were coming. They played on, you know, the patch they're about to run in that tournament finals. Maybe that was them getting the rust off early, and that rust is something we're going to see from Deep Fish Taco, Supernova, mm-hmm. and some of even these provisional teams. Because I know, you know, like Lit Esports' roster, I mean, they, they weren't running these players in, in amateur C, in amateur tournaments like Mirage was. I mean, Rockboom was playing. I mean, Rockboom was maybe. He was playing for CCG in ACL, but a lot of these players yeah, haven't gotten those yeah, he have got those, those practice like Mirage did. Fair. Yeah, yep. And yeah, and, and again, and you know, to be fair, back to Mirage Lights, they did win that series. They did win three <laughs> one. The, the criticism here, by the way, to be one hundred percent clear, is <laughs> hey, game. this team didn't dominate this finals that they didn't <laughs> prepare for hard enough for me. So you <laughs> hey, know, the, in, definitely some nits to pick there. Inconsistency with Mirage Alliance was kind of their whole thing in the first tournament. They did clean things up in qualifier two, and I will give them credit for that. But yeah, you know, sometimes they they for fun it a little bit. We had we had the memes on the broadcast about how uh, the players just hated waking up at 10 a.m. and so Chad were just so sleepy <laughs> that they just they always just drop the first game. What time uh, is the promotion tournament? <laughs> that that is that is the important thing, and I do think it is oh. NACL time. It will be 4 p.m. So that Ooh, 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. That is one p- I see. It, yeah, I see on the the thing that Whoopley posted. It's first Mirage. match is 1 p.m. Pacific, and Mirage then got the three. Mirage's series is at 3 p.m. Pacific. They got some time. Okay. Well, that yeah, they get to sleep in. So that's that's a big. That's huge for them. That first big, series. Big diff big difference and they're gonna be yeah they're gonna be on that side of the bracket the whole time so it's only if they make winners finals that they have to play at one pacific these are the stats that we we really need to track here but i mean but at that point you have to at that point it's one series a day and the best of fives all start at one pacific so yeah you can only you can only coast by on your 3 p.m start time for so long 
yeah all right that's I think that, that's way, enough also, our, oh go ahead tds uh, just quickly by the way to also point out it's going to be two bo3s before the bo5 so the bo5s are going to be the finals right the the promotion ones the so, promotion matches. yeah all promotion matches are bo5s and well, then the uh, loser semis after yeah is... at loser okay. semis on is best of five so the so first round of losers matches. are going to be best of threes there are three best of fives yeah yeah, yeah there are three, three best, best of fives, of fives. yeah i think it's important to know because obviously like there may be a bit of a both misunderstanding that maybe some of the some of them may be bo1 which is not the case which i'm glad it's going to be bo3s almost all the way and then yeah. also the fact that only the last matches so it's also important to see like the amount of games that some of these teams will have to play because if you fall from the start down then you may be having to play a huge amount of games to try and qualify definitely yeah and two t two teams will be eliminated only playing bo3s after that everything's bo5s yeah. um i do like that you have to win a best of five to qualify that you is, do. That you is, do yes. have to win a best of five to qualify. At least one, perhaps two. So, uh, that's enough on our super team Mirage. Let's get on to our our second provisional team here, which is going to be Team Ambition. Now, this, if you are, you know, not to, no hate towards Mirage Alliance, but if you're one of those people who's really looking for new up and coming talent, not you know coming back to LCS players, Team Ambition is your team to look at here. Not a single L, uh, NACL vet on this roster it is porsche limo kachu levitate and snow so a bunch of new faces to folks who maybe uh focus a little bit more on nacl and up um real exciting team here that tds and i are going to have a little bias towards we've been covering this team in qualifiers for a while uh and yeah it's a great org they've been great to me so they're as close to as biased as i will be towards the team in this event and i will not be predicting them to promote but <laughs> they uh They've had a solid run here, though. They were the OQ1 champions, uh, made it to semis in OQ2, where they lost to Mirage Alliance. So a little bit of a shakier run in OQ2, but, I mean, they did manage to pull it together and have that semis top four run. Yeah, I believe Team Ambition's second qualifier game record was actually 7-7. Seven and seven. They went, like, 500 because... They dropped as many games as they possibly could, and then mm -hmm. they like lost the one couple. They lost one series 0-2, one series two one two. So yeah, it was a bit of a shakier one for them. However, it, it is important to note they were playing with a sub for part of that tournament, and when Porsche came back in, they kind of had to like start up again, uh, in, in a bit of a strange way. So you can credit some of that to to that, but uh, this is definitely a team that looked much better in the first qualifier uh, than the second qualifier. I will say, when you're talking about the mid lane champion pool. Uh, Kachu is going to benefit them, I think, the most from the Silas, Akali, and Echo buffs coming in here. Mm, on Echo's games. ones are big. Uh, this guy loves playing melees. It's basically how Team Ambition play every single competition. It's put Kachu on a melee, put Porsche on, you know, a, a weak side champion, put Lima on a tank, and Levitate on a hard carry. And that's how they run every single time. Uh, so, yeah, 13.16, maybe benefiting TA a little bit. Also, a bit to, to talk about the fact that. Funnily enough, both tournaments they lost, they, they played against Mirage essentially. So they won one against Mirage and then they lost against Mirage in the semis. Yep. So, technically speaking, they 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 both tournaments faced the best team in, in, in the AOQs and they won one and lost one against them. Then in the finals, they were able to win, and obviously in the second one, they didn't reach the finals. But I think that consistency wise, even without the 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 fact that they were 
with a sub for a lot of the uh, a huge portion of their tournament they have a clear style that graves was saying and i think that they are one of those teams that as long as they get their right tools they are going to execute on them really really well also they have the, with more prep time they go they get better and better one of those teams that you give them more time to actually to prep against an opponent and they are going to bring out really good things against them which is also why i think that they had a bit of a rough start to the oq2 they kind of like it was kind of a, a huge uh, a big first week into also having to play with a sub and that kind of affected heavily to why they started kind of bad but the more ramp up time they have and the fact that Porsche came back they were able to recover quite a bit of their playstyle and quite a bit of what made them have big success in the first qualifier now looking into the tournament i really want to say and i really think that ta can be a big big wild card because i do think that there's the tools there in the roster to try and surprise and even bring down teams that maybe you wouldn't expect them to bring down uh namely speaking the necl ones the big question mark that i have for them going into it a bit on Kachu because he's a really like he's a, a huge like i don't know how to describe it like it's kind of the mystery box that you don't know what you're going to get when you open it yeah that, i think that's the best True. way to try and describe it he's a great mid laner but sometimes there's nothing there's nothing nice inside of the mystery box so hopefully he gets to perform better with the champion buffs and also find his groove and the other one that i'm kind of looking out for when thinking about the qualifier is limo not because i think that he's a a, a weak jungler but because i think that jungler wise in the qualifier there's actually really good competition and can be a bit difficult to really get games going when junglers are going to contest you in a lot of the ways that ta does like to try and play yeah, yeah, that guy just plays Sejuani. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just all Sejuani. Sejuani uh, I, and Maokai. Yeah, Maokai. I was going to say, I, you know, I think support is another intriguing one. I know we all can sing the praise of top laners, uh, but I think support is going to be very intriguing. I think Snow is also the one of the guys I would talk about with the provisional teams. Obviously, I mean, TikTok, Tony, top time. He's certainly had his, his time around this area. And I think Snow is a big-time performer. Uh, and I think he is actually one of the more underrated unsung supports in all these pools of all the teams we're going to talk about here. I'm pretty high on him. However, I did want to use this time to kind of bring up an interesting conversation because we talked about already Dardoch really found his groove with those engaged supports. Engaged supports have been really big these last month or two. This patch that's coming is all about leveling the playing field for support champions. You're getting buffs for Karma, big ones for Melio, at least in the AP ratios, and Lulu's getting buffed as well. So mm. it's going to be interesting, right? There's no engaged supports. They're necessarily getting nerfed. So I'm not going to say, like, it's about, a, it's about to do a 180, guys. Everybody you think is good on engaged sports is about to look terrible. But there are some support players out there who, who have been pretty good on Melio, start of the year when he was overpowered. It's, it's not Yumi time, thank God. But Lulu, Karma, you know, you play similar ways. Snow is a big engaged support player. I think that's a, an unsung reason why TA get a lot of su success. ton of good Rakan games, a lot of good Nautilus play as well. But... I'm curious to see if guys like Dardock and Snow are going to pander towards some of these buffs on some of these support champions, and more importantly, how do they look if they run those engaged supports they've been do being really successful with getting to this qualifier against some of those other support players that might try and throw those karmas to kind of assuage them? Because to be honest, guys like Dardock and Snow, how many how many games have they really seen matched up against those karmas Emilios in the last month? Right, it's usually yeah. been going up against like a Brahm or an Alistair. It's a lot different of a matchup. 
yeah. I will say in in Spring Split, Snow Two did play a lot of Lulu with Tony right. Top. Mm-hmm. That like like that because that was the meta, right? And so I feel like he's mm-hmm. kind of one to play whatever the meta really is. But I, I do agree, he's looked much better uh, on the Rakan on the Rels and and has had some really crazy engagements. I still remember that Game Five Rakan game that he had against Winthrop in the finals. That guy, he I think really put the team on his back in that game. Him and Levitate, who I want to talk about Levitate for just a little bit as well. I mean, him and Snow has, you know, they were the bot lane coming in to 2023 with Tony Top and they really have leveled up in my opinion. Uh Levitate's able to make all the games by himself. He will, you know, have some silly deaths every once in a while, but you give him a good team fight and a good a good angle and he will really take advantage and I'm very excited to watch them play in this tournament. Yeah, uh, agree on both those points there. I think because I yeah I uh, snow was definitely a big Lulu the snow levitate were definitely a big Lulu Zeri duo. Um, they were a big uh Lucianami duo as well. Talking yeah. about enchanters, they really prioritized that pick back in OQ one while it was still uh really strong. Uh, I remember that whole um that whole run for Team Ambition through the Swiss stage was all about Lucianami for them. Um, and they were real too. dominant on it, uh, and yeah, definitely on the levitate point as well. Like I think he's just so associated with the TikTok Tony Top stuff uh, and with Snow as his duo partner, and you know all all that other stuff. I really feel like he kind of gets glanced over as somebody who is like on on a rocketing trajectory, right? Like I always whenever we're talking about rookies and stuff coming into NACL always I'm always talking about the trajectory I'm always talking about you know, how fast did you come up how quickly were you able to get at the level you were at now and you know it's not always it's not the only indicator by any means but it's always a great indicator for how high you can go um and you know this is levitate's first year really playing at this level I mean he played a little sea law in 2022 but he's really like a fresh 2023 guy and has been i think fantastic he's been one of the better 80 carries at uh the nacq level and i think he's really somebody to be looking at uh, as kind of this next generation of 80 carries coming up um given how much success he's been able to find between tiktok tony top and now on team ambition he's had a couple he put together a couple of really great splits on a couple of different teams yeah and uh, going back to what you originally were saying you know when you uh first talked about this team as a whole, like these are five players. I mean, the bot lane certainly included that are incredibly driven and really want to go pro from every time you talk to them. That is their main goal. They're young. They're super hungry compared to Mirage Alliance, where some of them have been on that stage before. Uh, and there's always that question, you know, we talked, there was a big conversation when Maryville got promoted. Like what is the priority of some of these players in the NACL? It is very clear that these players on TA want to go and, and play professionally and i think that is a really cool storyline to watch for these this group of five absolutely definitely looking forward to seeing what they're going to be able to do let's move on uh speaking of collegiate teams there on maryville we got our second collegiate team to make a promotion tournament in winthrop university this roster coming in with denethor trickster sword mobility and chookies from top to bottom so definitely another exciting roster there. Uh, I very interesting in that, like I think in OQ one they were seated team number two, right? They were seated above Team Ambition, and I think based purely on roster strength, I I kind of agree with it, right? Like it's there's pound for pound, the players are very impressive. Uh, I and I could see any of them making the move up to the NACL level. 
it's just to me it feels like they haven't quite put it together though like i have not i feel like they experienced a downgrade from oq1 to oq2 as far as the quality of play when i really feel like it was an opportunity for them to shine and take a win right with all of the issues that other teams were having with substitutes and stuff and team coachify being a, a greener team um but just did not work out that way yeah i mean this team i feel like kind of has gone like this they've just been very level very consistent but hasn't really haven't really made that jump um they have a lot of really solid players. Um, I think Denethor specifically has played really, really well. Um, Mobility has had some really solid moments, specifically in the laning phase, and I'm excited to see if he can continue to grow on his uh, career because you know somebody who's subbing in on Evil Geniuses in spring did not look very good, and now is one of the t one of the better bottom lanes in the NACL queue. Very exciting to see. Um, I will say, I don't know if this is a leak or not, but these this is the only team that will be playing in person together for the event and mm -hmm. we know Ooh. what uh that has done for teams like uh cincinnati fear when they all kind of came together in ohio for their playoff run and went all the way up to third place maybe there's a little magic here uh for winthrop that's a good tidbit because i definitely i definitely put stock into that right all being there it's like yeah it's fun to see like listen to your your teammates get hype at a call when you're when you're playing on discord or whatever using to talk to each other but like Getting to like look over and like you know like fist bump yeah. or like scream in the face of your of your teammate that you that's like there's something else about it that's like that like pulls back to that inner like that inner kid like because I don't care who you are how much you dislike sports by this point I know your parents made you play t ball or the 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 soccer I don't even know what they'd call the soccer but like the the little circular nets the like tiny nets you remember like you either played that or t ball and you get you get that feeling again of uh of of those days so that's a good thing I I think mobility uh, grapes is a good shout I I think I was really high on mobility and I I cut him a bit of slack because I can't imagine what it was like getting thrown onto that eg team uh in, in just such a different spot you know you talk about in sports it's like you got to be careful with prospects you can't throw them too high because then it really just hurts their trajectory. That's a big thing in baseball. Like you got to work through double. I don't care how good you're hitting in double a. All right. I can't just throw you straight to the majors. You got to keep working through it. Things could go terrible here. I think mobility kind of got stunted. I think it was like a shock and now settling down here, getting to work all the way back to an NACL spot has really just given him a drive. And I think he also is one of those other sneakier bottom laners that will be very interesting to watch out for. Not one that I think is going to challenge Neo, uh, but could surprise people. Well, it's looking at the at the who will be below Neo level, right? Like who will be the most? Yeah, the one that 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 you look out for the most after Neo, if you can. And even if even then, right? If you're able to win one game against Neo in a really good manner, like that already gives you a lot of credit in how you can perform. So mobility can be one of those i like thinking about winthrop i'm not the biggest fan of essentially any college team as it has been shown by no. all the season of the <laughs> south line now and before but that's good really? that's because i'm from a different yeah that's because i'm from a different like environment you guys know me i'm not american that means that i don't really care about college sports in essentially any <laughs> manner like you either go in that's and play leaks or you don't like that's it you, that, that's the the way that i go for it so i'm not be a big into the how college ecosystem works that being said i do think that winthrop may be 
a team that cohesively can work out together. And that's a, a huge value when you look into these tournaments because you need good team environments to try and succeed in the best possible manner. Obviously, you have the plus that they are going to play live, apparently. So that already gives them a big boom. I agree with Slayer. Contact with people actually matters quite a bit. And it's really different to play online, playing online to actually playing with people. So the fact that they are going to be there, I think it's a big advantage to them to try and... and and play it out and also the fact that they have been together for quite a bit like i think this is one of the rosters that has had the longest tenure together because even ta replaced uh bejani for porsche at the start of the season at the start of the summer so even then i think this is one of the teams that has had the longest like time to gel together to play together to try and get things out and now being on the like on real life together may allow for them to get more advantages over certain teams. I still don't think they're going to qualify because I feel like their quality falls short just a bit to some of the other teams, to particularly to Mirage Alliance, which I think it's the favorite favorite. And then on the to the NECL ones, like they have to play better as a team to be able to go against them, which is not impossible, but I wouldn't really call like the biggest possibility for Winthrop to pull it off. I'm worried about Denethor particularly more so because I think oh. that he may make mm. a stop lane looking at all the like all the other ones. Wow. I ha, I, like, yeah, I think I have more like if I were to order them, I would argue it's going to be Quaker, Alorim, Lunasia, Porsche, Dragoon, Denethor. It's how I would uh, I would order them, with Denethor being the one. This, this, oh. this is why the top lane pool stack. Denethor is yeah, the last exactly. one, and it makes it kind of it almost makes sense in a way. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I have to others, think right? through my exact ordering, but I definitely have Denethor higher. Um, He's been very good. I yeah, agree. I've been impressed One, by Denethor. Yeah. Something, another tool in Winthrop's arsenal here that uh, I think deserves to be talked about is Artemis, uh, coach. True. Um, oh, fresh true. off his great run with EG last year, has decided to step away from pro and, and move into a, you know, a collegiate space uh, with Winthrop. Um which, you know, I, though I do think that if they can get it all together, they definitely have all the tools to get it together, right? They have an ex-pro coach, a very recently ex-pro coach. Um, they have individually strong players. They're playing in person. They're, you know, in a collegiate system that you would think has a little bit more structure to it. Like, all of these should point towards, like, this team being in lockstep compared to a lot of the other competitors here. And that's that's why it's all the more surprising to me that I feel like I haven't really seen it, especially in OQ2. I think their their series against Lit, uh, I am going to hold against both teams. I think that series was a mess. Um, <laughs> like it Just from both sides, I wish like both teams could have lost that series. I really do. Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> and then Frost following up to uh, then, then having a rough performance against Coachify, who uh, were A, a recently assembled team, and B, had a substituted jungle um and you know it's still getting you know outperformed in that sense and it wasn't like just getting stat checked mechanically because these players are very solid individually it was really i i think it came down a lot more to team play and macro play so seeing them like disappoint in that sense feels like the opposite of what i would expect given the tools they have access to so if they can put it together i think they could be great but i i feel like it hasn't come together yet for x y or z reason I raise you guys a question, maybe to to cap off Winthrop really quickly. The the two the two team the two players we haven't talked about mid jungle. I think Trickster is pretty solid. Uh, has that like kindred pocket pick, of course, but then mm -hmm. we can also play the normal stuff. In the mid lane is Sword right now, who is of course 
mid laner from, with TSM and, and and stuff, then transition to support back to mid lane here with Winthrop University. They Winthrop has in the first qualifier run with conveying at times and with the new changes coming in, buffing Silas and Akali, champions that Conveying has shown to be very good on with this time with Winthrop, as well as Lit Esports actually in spring. Do we think that it would make sense to kind of run the six-man roster? Because they haven't done it as much here in qualifier number two. I'll answer you quickly, Ooh. yes. Because I already kind of said it. I think Sword is one of the weaker mids. Like, I, I would argue he's... It, if he's not the weakest mid, he's down there in my eyes. Because and this is purely off of like what I remember and also what I feel like he performs best on. The thing that I assimilate sword most with is set. Like S E with yeah. the double T. Mm -hmm. Set in the mid lane. That, and that it's not bad in F and of itself, but that just tells me or reminds me that he's not going to carry out the game for you. And if that's the case. In a meta where carry mid laners, particularly aggressive carry mid laners, are going to come back, then it may be a scary prospect to try and play a player that it's not going to put you that extra step upwards towards that side. And I always try to, like, I always bring up the point that uh, soul laners are so crucial to the state of the game, not only because if they can carry or not, but if they can put you pressure in a way that alleviates for the rest of the map. And maybe Denethor is able to accomplish it. I still feel like he's the weakest top laner. But then again, weakest top laner in this pool is not the worst thing. But mid lane, you really cannot be the weakest by a big margin. Because that can be a big, big difference maker. So if that's the case, I wouldn't be against conveying player uh, playing there. That's an interesting point. I still... Sword's in such a weird position in my mind. I mean, especially with the role swaps. It's like, it's kind of... He's getting to that point... Uh, you know, it's uh, to make the NFL comparison, right? Like draft capital can't can't take you forever, and it's like I feel like Sword, uh, still in my mind, just has this uh, this pedigree just from you know he was the TSM Junior, one of the TSM Junior guys. Uh, you know, he was on this trajectory, being like trained TSM to be junior, like this next so upcoming. Old, <laughs> <laughs> Forgot that. Again. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. it was it was him, sarcasm, and Johnson, and now he's the last sarcasm. one standing. I think really, as Damn. I guess sarcasm played in the last OQ, but I think he's kind of like trying to transition uh, into into a more real world job. I think he's kind of done trying to go pro. Um, if you're not sarcasm, I apologize. I, I've been misinformed, but I thought that was the deal. Um, that yeah but it's like it's we're so far removed from that now right he got his shot on tsm academy it didn't really work out then he went to 100 thieves next roll swap to support he was solid but like you know not the next coming or anything he wasn't like he didn't do the buzio thing right where he went from being a mid-tier mid laner to a top tier support um yeah i don't know i just and that's the, the other question right is like how much uh value does winthrop and artemis and everybody put in in that same kind of pedigree right into what everyone believes sword could be uh compared to what sword has been and um you know and it's it's not like conveying has ever been somebody like an insane prospect either so i don't know it's a tough decision for them i feel like the the full commit to sword in oq2 implies to me that they'll run sword but it's it's definitely an interesting thing to consider and i mean this is a deep roster too by the way like mm -hmm. they have there are so many players on Winthrop. They have, yeah. I think they have, they have like three teams deep, right? They have mm -hmm. secondary Close, and tertiary yeah. players at every position. I thought because they have like uh, they have Frost and Trickster, and then they have Rapid too, and then they have Avano. Yeah, yeah, Avano as well as Conveying and Sword, 
and then yeah, ZKG. Kenji's, Kenji's down in support. I Kenji think. in support too, and they have uh, they have uh, technically uh, they have pockets too, right? Oh, um, yeah, they have like that. a million. There's a million players on this Winthrop team. I don't think will any of That's them see playtime. Right uh, and they no. have Mabud in top. I got to shout out Mabud. Um, <laughs> love Mabud. Shout your bud, Mabud. My bud, my bud, my bud. Um, my bud, my bud. Yeah, shout so out to all of those guys. Uh, but yeah, I'd, will any of them play? I I don't know. I think Conveying has the best shot, and I don't think he'll play either. That's the thing. Just quickly, which also like. I, I never really put the like that aspect into mind when thinking about collegiate teams, particularly because I don't really think about collegiate teams re realistically. But putting a bit of a of a thought into that right now, like how much do they actually care about qualifying to the NEC Open? That's a, like it's not not like they don't care at all and they wouldn't want to qualify, right? But compared to the other teams, to let's say TA and Mirage. They are built to try and get there. The, the, Winthrop is a collegiate team. Better For better or for worse, it's not the end of the world if they don't qualify. They still will be a collegiate team at the end of the day. So the fact that that actually may impact some of the decision-making, some of these players, obviously not saying that, that it's bad or anything like that, but that may go more into the decision. Like, for example, let's say they say uh, their conveying may be better for playing, but they say, we still want to stick with Sword because he brings something else to the team and we want to see if there's another opportunity to develop him if this summit fails we come back next year because who we, we can there's no issue with us trying again because we are a collegiate team at the end of the day and that's kind of also the factor that i never really you never really think about with these teams like the others is do or die ta they may not get another shot later if they don't qualify here right same for mirage they are built to qualify if they fail that's a huge failure on them so the, the impact is different. And I think that that may impact also how they face some of the decisions with their players. That's a great point. I didn't think about that. You yeah. always get those one TDS great points. That makes me think every hidden, time. Hidden somewhere in the football well, metaphors. There's, there's, all, <laughs> yeah. the there's always one. It's always one because Graves, like, I'll sit here and like, if I go after TDS, I have something prepared. And then TDS makes me start thinking and I forget what I'm going to say because I start thinking about what TDS <laughs> said. That's what he does. Uh, I will say very quickly because I know we've been hanging on Winthrop for a moment on, on the conveying coming in. Yes, they, they've committed to sword, but you never know what a team looks like when they're down you know, in the lower bracket. It's it's you win or you lose, you win or you're done. That's when teams get desperate. Every team will get desperate, and maybe in the face of sword getting a lot of his bands thrown his way, they're like, all right, let's catch him off in the draft. We think we can get Silas or Kali maybe. I could see it happening. For sure. Could be a good angle. Yep, definitely an interesting angle to talk about. Uh, let's talk about our last team here, uh, and, and then we can we can go back to a wider net at that point. Lit Esports going to be the final roster coming in. This is the bones of the Supernova team that was the big surprise uh, to everybody last split. It is going to be Dragoon, Kizno, Messages, Rock Boom, and Plux. They also were running Sujed for a while, but he was uh, part of the the amateur nuke that hit for a bit. So uh, <laughs> lost a couple of players at the last moment there. Uh, bringing in Rock Boom instead, who is another player that I, I hold in very high regard. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I this is such an easy team to root for, especially with Dragoon and Kizno. Um, fresh off their Supernova run, I mean, Dragoon's interview after qualification was 
uh, a, a great piece of League of Legends uh, history and content to everybody, and it was uh, such a shame that he didn't get to carry through and play with the team in this split. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got I got to hold the series against Winthrop against them, guys. Like they went out in quarterfinals <laughs> in OQ two. They had a rough showing there um, up against Lit. Again, I wish both teams could have lost that series. And, uh, <laughs> they just, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. They've they've looked rough to me in in recent times, uh, despite the strength of the roster. This yeah. is one yeah. of the stranger teams to look at because it's really hard to predict like how they're going to do because frankly they kind of have been running with a new roster for like a week and now they have a full month or at least a couple weeks to kind of scrim and prepare maybe they look very different maybe they don't if they don't this team is not looking too hot right now because yeah i, I mean there's a ton of asterisks for them getting in like even at all to this tournament they had the cold-hearted series which um generated controversy after they lost to them but then were sent to the upper bracket anyway because cold hearted got disqualified uh and then they were literally just one series away uh from missing this tournament entirely if coachify won the finals they would have been in overlit uh and so they were yeah it, a lot of people might be like oh this lit team like they don't deserve to be here but I think with the players on this team, if they did really step it up and like over practice the last couple of weeks, similar to Team Fish Taco, uh, they'll really be here to play. Yeah. One one uh, thing about that, if I may rant for just a moment, and I always find it funny when that conversation comes up because we're the whole community. We're all able to be objective about formats when uh, when we're you know in preseason talking about stuff. Uh, conceptually and then they actually play off uh play out and you know the availability bias hits and everybody just forgets everything we talked about in the preseason so it's like if you were to design this format from the ground up and just be like oh we're just gonna play one of these open qualifier tournaments everybody would say it's not enough it's too high variance you need more best of fives you need a double elim bracket you know just one of these tournaments is not sufficient to determine our top four promotion teams that's why we play two of them. That's why we assign points yep. across two of them. And then, you know, everybody agrees on that in the preseason. And then it plays out and stuff like this happens and Lit qualifies. And everyone's like, well, Lit <laughs> obviously isn't the better team. They lost the second tournament. <laughs> so the whole point, guys, is that this tournament is too high variance on its own. It's insufficient. And we need to average it out over two. So I, I want to give Lit a little bit more credit there. Uh, just, <laughs> I, I see that the same thing's happening with the LEC format and, you know, the new yeah. LEC format's not perfect, but it's that exact same argument where it's like, well, they did better in the summer split out of three and therefore they deserve to go. And it's like, the whole point was these were shorter, higher variance splits and they yeah. should be averaged out. That was the whole point of the shorter, smaller splits. <laughs> I will say I'd rather take NACLOQ's format than EU's just sure, because sure. Of yeah, don't don't it. take this as an endorsement of LEC format. I'm just saying yeah, it's just saying. it's something to note that everybody does all the time, <laughs> especially when you're in these kinds of formats with points across multiple tournaments. Yeah. Is that everybody likes them in concept, and then remember, you know, remember and then the points CLG matter, and now everybody hates 2016 them when they qualified to Worlds after like having a horrible summer split, and everyone was like, "Yeah, but look at CLG, they were awful." Yeah, but they came from MSI. Like, <laughs> okay, mm. give them the benefit of the doubt. That being said, I would have been like, I would have been at the very not would have been like, I would just straight up create uh, just play one tournament and watch the world burn like. I would be just fine with that just because I feel I feel like that's more funny. 
But apart from that, I like the format like it currently is. We'll say I'd rather both champions qualify. Like that's the only thing that I think would be better because I feel like champions should have the like the the right amount of reward from it because they won. And I think that's that should be the the only change that I would make. I'm just going to pull the CSGO esports fan card and say Swiss is the best of everything. So uh, that works again. Yeah, a little bit of it. Little bit of it. That at worlds, so we'll, we'll see. Worlds. see, oh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, yes. worlds, worlds this year. This is going yeah, we'll to be what determines the League fan base's opinion on Swiss as a format. <laughs> there are a few things in the world that I will... There are a few hills that I die out of the world. Some of them are sports takes that I don't need to go on here. But one of them is that I don't care how pissed off you get about Swiss always a great option so we'll see how much how how vivian uh fervently i defend that on twitter when worlds comes around uh also, just <laughs> wait just wait till the any fun base becomes addicted to that format because i i will also call it here by the way energy is going to qualify 3-1 i'll call it here oh and nine qualifies 3-0 I'll, I'll call it here as well that's the that's one of those formats that it's more consi consistent but also, I have watched CSGO majors, and there's always one team that sneaks that shouldn't be there. And if and any group will get that, and then toss baby, I, I that's where we come in. <laughs> I will provide you, that. it will happen. Oh, he's right, he's right. There's always this one European team that everyone's like, How the hell did they make it to the, the major stage? So, yeah. it's always fun though, as much as you could, you people say that they hate it. But then they all get behind that team, and they're just—it's so yep. fun to watch that team. So I'm—I'm hopefully—I'm hopefully it'll be an NA team. That'd be great. But uh, getting back on point here for a second, I, I do want to talk about Lit. Uh, I do want to frame how weird of a spot this can be for a guy like Rockboom. I mean, joining a team—you know—surrounded by guys who have already qualified. We can, well, those are the guys that you want to talk about with Lit. But Rockboom, you know, he looks pretty solid with Poria uh, in my mind because he was the one that got them it's a weird spot to get bring them up and then it's like they flame out he's like hey you're actually you actually still want to play the qualifier man i know you got 7 to 16 but we have lit we're right here we kind of need you uh and i've i've watched a lot of rock boom games now yes they have been in in ages acl protect uh, league it, is that a step down in talent who he's playing against yes but you do st get to know the tendencies of a player and especially the tendencies of you to carry players because it's the one of the highest variance roles, uh, both in mental sanity and play style in team fights. I would say, uh, and I am a big fan of how Rock Boom plays team fights. Uh, I think he just always finds ways to. If somebody on his team missteps, gets caught in a team fight, he always finds a way to trade a kill. Always has a very flashy play. He's been big on the Kaisa. He's made a bunch of plays on that Kaisa. He kind of reminds me TDS uh, of of his Kaisa reminded me a lot of Scary Jerry's at moments during that ACL. Now, I don't know if he's going to be able to play it very often. Uh, and we, Kais is in a bit of a weirder spot, but I'm really looking forward to rooting for Rock Boom because it's it's such a weird spot to come into. It's such a big spotlight to get put on to you as well. I don't think Rock Boom, if you'd asked him, thought he'd be playing for an NACL spot maybe three months ago, four months ago, maybe, under a lit esports roster. So I'm definitely rooting for Rock Boom and share the sentiment that this lit team is just so easy to root for. Yeah. I want to follow on that with Rock Boom because... Last OQ, he was he was also came on the second one, almost yeah. makes it to the qualifiers. He's the OQ two goat. The, yeah, one <laughs> of those teams that that he come uh, in the previous one. It was one of those teams that came out of nowhere. I think one was one of the funner teams as well to watch because of some of the, uh, of their ideas and how they played. And then looking into this one, I I would love to see, I won't say lit rock boom succeed 
because he's one of the players that we, we were talking about making that like that show of NACL prospects that should go up. I think Rockboom should be going up to the NACL as well. I, I feel like he deserves the, uh, an opportunity to play up there with some of the 80 carries. He has really good ability. He's really consistent in how he positions for some of the team fights. And then he doesn't really fear trying to to pull the trigger in some of the plays, which I think can be scary for AD carries, but you have to have that sort of instinct instinct in you. Like you don't develop that. You either are a crazy maniac in the ball lane or you're a safe or you play safe. Like there's no in between for them. So I think Rockboom having that can be really good for some of the teams. And I hope that he gets the shot in NACL even when lead fails, because I, I will say I don't have a lot of hope for lead. Like Graves was saying, this was a team that Honestly, if they don't qualify, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Like, they really were faltering heavily on the second OQ. So I wouldn't be surprised if they fail really heavily. That being said, time spent practicing can be ideal for them. And as long as they develop some really good play style, both around Rockboom and playing with maybe a bit more carry potential on their top side, then they can be a scary team to face. But I still have barely any hope for them. I think they probably can steal one or two games away from a couple of teams. But I don't think that they have it in them to really like pull through heavily just because of how their second OQ went. Yeah, I think Lit had a really like intact play style and, and like that they enjoyed playing with in 2020. Uh, three the first OQ for summer when you know you kind of just play around your top side and then Sajid and Chai they'll kind of sack some waves in the bottom lane, but then they'll eventually come to play in team fights. And Lit's yeah. team fighting was really, really good in that first OQ. Um, yeah, with, with the, some of the new changes, we don't really know for sure. I hope they keep a similar philosophy of really playing around their top side because I think Dragoon and Messages are two of the stronger solo lanes that we have here in this tournament as well. Um, I feel like we've been saying that a lot, because th that it, it is just because a lot of the solo lanes are really good in this, in this tournament, but they definitely are people that can be carries. For their team dragoon of course we had that story messages has been on uh you know it's been kind of in some strange situations throughout 2023 he was on that native team that kind of got screwed over based on the seating he's on last dance he got subbed in basically to fail and now is here on lit who's had this whole amount of roster changes he's played very solidly throughout the entire year and i hope that his um talent finally gets rewarded here in this promotion tournament with a good performance yeah, I, I'm I'm a big messages fan as well. I do I consider myself a bit of an NA mid connoisseur, and uh, the, my big NA mids coming up towards NACL for this next split uh, have been I think messages is right at the top there alongside Sudzy, uh, and then Toasty is the third guy who I'm I'm oh, yeah. sad cannot be here. Uh, he was with that Coachify squad for those who don't know. Um, I think all three of those guys are fantastic, uh, and they're they're real players that I, I have my eyes on coming into the next couple of splits um, for players who can come up and do some damage. That's no hate to Kachu, by the way. He just doesn't quite make the cut with those other three for me. Um, uh, and, and then, yeah, Dragoon is just a true wild card up there as well. Like I think he's... He's, we were talking about this pre-recording. Like It feels like Dragoon has uh, kind of taken over uh, Alorum's shoes, Whereas Alorum used to always be the guy in these OQs who would play the off-the-wall picks, right? He would bring out an Urgot here or there. He would bring out, you know, some kind of crazy counter pick 
when you weren't expecting it. And he still does that a little bit. Like, he still plays the Poppy. He, he played the Shen in the finals. Um, but it feels like Dragoon is, like, fully embraced that role now. Like, in his series against Winthrop, he played an Alawi game. Uh, he played a Nasus top rush uh, Everfrost game. And oh. that was a little bit worse than oh. the Alawi game. But the point is, is he's the guy who will play that stuff. So I, I mean, in a tournament where, at least my opinion, clearly not shared by this whole by this whole panel, but at least in my opinion, in a tournament where I think the big strength that the demoted teams come in with is their top lanes with Quacker and uh, Lunasia. I think it's it it'll be interesting to see if Dragoon can kind of knock them aside with some of the spicier picks that he brings to the table. I didn't need to remember that Nasus game, by the way. Uh, I, I got chills. Like I, I had erased it completely. I, I Everfrost. Yeah, I mean, I might have to ask Everfrost Gargoyle. Everfrost Ever Frost in the Gargoyle Stone Plate. I guess I was, thinking, I was thinking about, we, I was theorycrafting this with Slayer before. Like, you know, you get 70 AP. That lets you wave clear with Spirit Fire a lot better. I guess Wither kind of guarantees that you land the root. I mean, I, I mean that's the strategy, but I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily yeah, worth is that well. worth, it. Uh, it like, is that worth a champion? Is that worth a roll? Yeah, you, you pick <laughs> it to like neutralize a lane and then hope that it, you can kind of just be a tank in the late game. I guess yeah. with Wither bot. Yeah, I don't know you if it's great. I think the Everfrost hurts you, your chances of tanking. And then the counter argument is: you go Sente, you press your buttons, and you kill the team. Well, team. that's what Denethor did into the Nasus. That's the counter-argument there. The, the way I think about it is that Dragoon realized that he can't... In the in the game state, he can't get away with trying to play Nasus like everybody tries to play Nasus. He won't get to the, the point power points in time. So he's like, I'm going to try and make Nasus into Scion <laughs> as quickly as I possibly can and play him like that. <laughs> and it didn't work, but I can respect the decision. <laughs> I respect it, yeah. Easy team to root for there, for sure, across those guys. Do also want to shout out Kizno. I mean, Kizno's another guy who has had a crazy journey. Um, this was his first year playing as well. He was playing on... What was his team in spring before Supernova? It was like... I think he was on CB. CB, yeah. So he played OQ1 with CB, uh, was kind of a standout there as a rookie, uh, and then he got Hyper's job when Hyper got called up for FlyFam. Um and was able to, like, kind of fill in those shoes on Supernova. Um, he's a player that I have my eyes on to, like... I think he's looked better and better each OQ, but hasn't, like... He hasn't taken a huge jump and had that big breakout yet. I think he's a candidate to do it next year, though. So he's a he's a player I'm really keeping my eye on. Again, I just, I just don't think the pieces are all quite there yet for this lit team. I think it's a stack promotion tournament. Like I said, I think it's it's harder now to get in than it was before, right? You don't have the F teams to pick on um, the way that spring supernova did. And even spring supernova was like a big upset. And this feels to me like a, like a very similar team right down to like, I think messages is a very easy own at comparison as like, yep. you know, this, this up and coming yep. mid laner who has pop off games, but hasn't quite put it all together yet. I, I think a lot of the comparisons are very apt um, between these teams, like plucks for chookies, all this stuff. I think it's a, very easy comparison to the the previous supernova roster and even they were an upset getting in this team uh now i think has a harder a harder time of it than supernova did last spring it feels honestly now uh, looking at it a bit it feels like lead is more so the quintessential like trial team 
for NACL looking into it because I don't think that they are going to really like have a big splash in the tournament, but their players are like you were saying, like, like the team is likable and these are individually talented players that you can try and pick apart. I feel like just speaking about Kisno, he probably has one of the better chances to go upwards because I do think that NACL junglers are not that strong thinking about it. Like, by and large. Objectively, I feel like any seal yeah. junglers are something that you can try and improve on. So Kisno may have a better opportunity. And then the rest of the team should be also with an opportunity to try and just showcase their abilities and maybe get called up. We saw that happening in, pre in teams previously. So I feel like that can be another avenue for them to really just get a, a chance moving upwards. I'm kind of curious, is Chain not going to play? Because he's on the no. subs. Well, he won't. Hmm. Uh, I'm kind of sad on that. I like I like Che uh, Chase playstyle. That's unlucky. Yeah, that was a fun bot lane to watch. They they had some of these like creative picks. They like they had like the Senna lanes. Like Chai would play like the the Enchanters, like Sona and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, but it will be Plux. Um, bro. is there uh, like is there any reason why like publicly or just because he didn't want to play? Or I think it's yeah, he just kind of starter. I think yeah, yeah, he he didn't Chai Chai stepped down. I think. Oh, it did. Oh, he stepped down. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, we'll see how that builds into the future. So we're already going pretty late here. I just want to hear from everybody. Who who are our picks? Who are our two teams getting promoted up? We don't have to get into all the deep intricacies about what the bracket looks like and yeah. who your opponents are. Uh, that's the beauty of we having... We pretty much already have one, well, like, so in that's general. The beauty of it is having, <laughs> having two teams promote in a six-team bracket just means, like, you'll kind of... Just play who, you know, you, you'll end up playing everybody if you're going to end up going through um, the loser's bracket. Or you'll end up playing nearly everybody, right? So, um, yeah, who are who are our two teams? Whoever wants to go first can start. I think our I think our guest should, uh, should lead right. us out. We have a spot here, Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think Mirage is the easy one. They mm -hmm. look very dominant. This is the roster that was built to promote. I think they definitely are in a, a great position to do so i did tweet out a, a little bit of a bracket prediction uh when it first got announced i did it about five minutes and i did have team fish taco going through <laughs> however thinking about it a little bit more i actually might be inclined to go with another qualifier team and maybe it's a little bit of bias for me but i do think that um the nacl teams having that extra like full month to to of not playing with each other I have a feeling my prediction is it might do a little bit more harm than good in terms of like not getting that stage time, not being fully up to up to snuff. So I have team ambition as my second team going through. Ooh, fun. That's fun. It is a fun one. I, I, I'll i go next. Yeah, I think everybody has Mirage on the winner's bracket. I think Mirage is a team that's coming for the NACL and is like looking to kind of make a splash there as one of the more solid teams. We'll see what the rest of the landscape ends up looking like uh, and if Mirage maintains this exact roster. Um, but definitely a dangerous team to be on the lookout for. To me, I, I have Supernova making it through. I just don't quite feel like the other three promo teams are up to snuff. I kind of gave my spiel up at the top that I think that these teams, in I think the 10-team NACL is more consolidated and I think has a strong, like I think ninth and 10th are stronger than, you know, 12th or 14th, 15th, 16th and 13th were right. Um, 
maybe that's a bit of a fallacy because you know we've had a lot of players exit we've had a lot of the teams shift around um i just have more faith in in the likes of supernova and team fish taco than i do uh than i did in the f teams um i did have faith in aoe by the but the other three i was more shaky on last spring um so yeah i have supernova up against team fish taco in that losers finals and i have supernova winning it out interesting okay I'm going to continue the salt mine trend of agreeing with Gordo. Uh, I, I I have Mirage. It's a great trend to have, and, guys. I mean, and I Supernova. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've, once again, it's not me just agreeing with Gordo because he's super mine Gordo. Uh, I, I have my own opinions. Uh, I for me, the basis of my opinion, Gordo, is the fact that uh, I think Onat and Quacker are too good to not get back. Uh, I think this it's back to the solo lanes thing, right? Uh, Quacker and Onat uh, know how to get here. They've, they've been up against pressure points. In the NACL, in here. Uh, so I, I think they're too good to get in there. But I do, to kind of back Grapes' point, have Supernova versus TA in the Losers Finals. Yeah. That, that'll be an exciting one, I think. The, yeah, just the, the playstyle clashes and everything. Having Quacker go up against Porsche, see, like if he can break through, that'll be fun. You know, Robbie Bobone, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I think Robbie Bob, uh, the Robbie Bob Matt, the mid my, Robbie Bob Kashu is going to be fun too. Yeah, definitely. So here's the thing, I am <laughs> going to be agreeing with one of you, and it's Graves. I don't know why Graves had the idea on the TA, but I also had it, and a lot of that comes down from how you kind of expect the bracket to play out. So I think it's going to be. Uh, TA winning against uh, TA go winning against Supernova and then Mirage winning against TFT and then Mirage qualifying like everyone else. I think TA wins against Supernova, but they don't win against Team Finch Taco. So it, it's really dependent on that. Supernova needs to eliminate TFT before they play against TA to really think that TA will qualify. I think it'll happen, but it depends on that. If it's TFT against uh, TA, I think they win. Uh, TFT wins. But if it's the other way around, I think it's super. I think it's TA. That's an interesting bracket analysis there. I guess I can kind of see that. Um, yeah, it's an interesting challenge there. I do think it it really does come down to the bot lanes a lot. Like I do think Team Ambition has a bot lane that can contend with these uh, with these other teams. The question is just, will it be? Will it be enough of a gap, right, over Supernova and Team Fish Taco? I think that's what's going to come down to to me. Um, I'm favoring Quacker and Onet, like Slayer said, uh, in those matchups, but I could I could see it swinging though. I definitely I think they have a shot. I think Team Fish Taco has more of a shot than people are giving them credit yeah. for as well, right? I think they they it's showed tough. like they were such a weird team in NACL, right? Yep. They had all those upsets against the really good teams. Um, yeah, you know, they they split games with some of the best teams in the league for no reason. Um, but so they, we've we could... seen it. We've seen that they're able to do it right, and it's like they have they have this talent on the roster in like Rosethorn and Spawn and stuff, right? Who we've we've just seen be so good. It's so hard yeah. to to count them out. But I yeah, I just think they it's it's so rare that all the pieces come together for the Taco roster. If we use the NACL Taco logic. They were performing against the best teams when they were the underdogs. Now they're considered one of the better teams in this slate, so they'll underperform. 
Are they considered oh. one of the better teams, though? Because you guys are pretty from a seeding ambition step. to beat them in losers' see, semis. Yeah. From a seeding yeah, standpoint, Gordo. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. The seeding matters. Also, technically speaking, then shouldn't they win against Mirage since they are the underdogs against them as well? BDS, why do you have to ruin my? They analogy? are on a collision yeah, course with Mirage. That would be their <laughs> biggest it, chance. To do. Well, right. the also, they never they never complete the full upset though. They were always yeah, like they win games. one they game, one. not yeah. necessarily the series. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, true. So, <laughs> Ties are helping you Mirage out. Mirage Alliance two one <laughs> Team Fish Taco. You heard it here first. Makes sense to every one of us. All right. Well, great stuff, everybody. That's going to hit us in about 90 minutes, so we can close wow. things out there. I think that was good. I think that was a good, solid episode. Like, we yeah. dropped two teams. We cut half an hour off the Primer episode. I think we're keeping <laughs> things in order real nicely here. So congratulations to us, guys. Put yourself, Give yourselves a pat on the back. And thank you to you guys who have tuned on in for what will be a sort of season finale where we're chatting about doing some off season stuff. We'll do, we'll do something about promotion candidates. Maybe we'll do uh, some hot takes and stuff. Maybe we'll get a little, a little world's Anthem tier list or something going as we start to get more towards worlds, but that'll do it for at least our, our kind of NACL focus as this is going to be our last big NACL event of the year. So thank you all for tuning in with us for our inaugural year here and can't wait to see you all next time. And thanks again to grapes for joining us here as our guest for today. Check his podcast out, Salty Runback, uh, for more news on the NACL cues and NACL scene. And, uh, yeah, check him out on the uh, NACL. You're playing on the promotion tournament a little bit, correct, Grapes? Yeah, Am I allowed to I say that? It. Do I have to cut this part out? No, you, you can tune in on Tuesday. I'll be there. All right, let's go. Public, heard it here first as well and uh, on future NACL qualifiers and such, I am sure. Thanks again, everybody. And that's going to do it for this episode of The Salt Mine.